Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. The Supreme Court protects the Second Amendment in a very critical decision written by Justice Clarence Thomas. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me on Faith and Freedom to discuss this case is Holly Mead. You know, it seems like Justice Thomas has been quite quiet uh, in the last few years, but all of a sudden he's really come out strongly in some of these religious, and as well as this one with the Second Amendment cases. Well, he's been very strong in writing opinions uh, or making other comments. Well, verbal comments, let's put it that but way. But verbal comments, yeah. he's changed he's actually quiet. in that respect because he's been very quiet up until uh, actually Chief Justice John Roberts changed the protocol for arguing cases, and this all happened as a result of COVID. Actually, frankly, it's a good thing, I mm -hmm. think. And what they do now is they allow counsel two minutes of uninterrupted opening statement, mm -hmm. which is really good on the one hand. On the other hand, you have to really be on your toes to know what you're going to say during those two minutes. You have to really um, make it all matter. And might I say you did a stellar job in our flag <laughs> case. <laughs> well, thank you. It's just a praise to the Lord for that. Um, and it was a great 9-0 to victory. As well as the rebuttal. That was amazing, too. You hadn't planned that. No, forward, you don't plan the rebuttal. <laughs> you just you have to just sit there, and that's all extemporaneous. Right. I would advise anyone to go on our website and listen to it. It's just a fascinating, fascinating It argument. is a fascinating, about an hour and a half, but it's mm -hmm. a fascinating interchange, so you can hear how it actually works. And the and questions then, the justices ask, I think those are very interesting Those were well. interesting, yeah. And uh, to know now that we ended up winning 9-0, to zero. so all mm -hmm. nine justices sided with us in this right. case. Right. And speaking of Thomas, he I remember he asked a question about, you know, how can you say that you have an open policy when you're discriminating against Christians. Yeah, he asked that question against uh, the attorney representing mm -hmm. the city of Boston. Right. So, yeah, Thomas, what happened is, so they, they changed that, which I like that. And then what they also changed is how the justices asked questions, whereas before it was a free-for-all and Thomas would just They'll interrupt mostly each other. Yeah. <laughs> not ask a question, very right. seldom ask a question. Now it begins with a chief justice. Now will allow the most senior justice to ask the first question. So it begins with Justice Thomas, mm -hmm. or Chief Justice Roberts. Well, if he wants to, he'll ask the first question. Then it goes to the next most senior, which is Thomas. Then at the time of my arguing the case, the next most senior, which would be Breyer, and it goes all the way down to the most junior justice. So each of them have an opportunity to ask their own questions. And now as a result of that, Thomas has been asking questions, and it's really very helpful, I think, to right. the litigant. We've been hearing more from him as a result. He's been usually very quiet on the bench. And so. then at the very end, even though when you come to the end of your argument time and you finish, uh, unlike in the past where your argument would just end and you would just have to sit down, you stop, but then that's when the Chief Justice goes down the line and asks if there's any other questions and starts with the most senior justice all the way down to the most junior justice. So that means your time is actually even longer, and it depends on whether they have any follow-up questions. It's actually a much better procedure because instead of just, you know, at the minute that you have to sit down, you you stop and the justices pepper you during this whole time and they eat up all your time. Now those questions can actually be tacked on the end and they don't take away your time as mm -hmm. 
as much as it did before. So it's a really good process, and Justice Thomas has been very much involved in the questioning. But he wrote this decision, mm -hmm. and he also wrote the previous decision called Heller versus District of Columbia. That was also on the Second Amendment, and this case cites it. This one comes out of New York. This particular decision, the New York Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, is a great decision at the high court, six to three decision in favor of the Second Amendment. New York had a provision that said, essentially, you have a concealed weapons permit application, and even though you qualify, you meet all the criteria, the state may issue you a concealed carry permit. Well, may rather than shall. Because they take discretion to issue that concealed carry permit based on a purported need. Yeah. Do you have a need? You have to show in your application that you have a need. And New York is only one of five states as well as the District of Columbia that have that law. That's right. And so what you have there is um, you have to show why you have a need for a concealed weapon. Which doesn't make sense to me. I mean, self-defense? <laughs> that wouldn't, that's more generic. Everybody could say self-defense. So you'd have to come up with some other reason. You're in a particular scenario that puts you at high risk. You just need to carry a concealed weapon. You have to show need. And that was, again, one of several states, plus the District of Columbia, that have such restrictions. So Justice Clarence Thomas, writing for the majority, struck that down saying that there's no other constitutional amendment. Take the First Amendment. Take, for example, the Sixth Amendment. You don't have to show a special need, special reason, why you can invoke their protections. So why is the Second Amendment any different, that you have to show some special need over and above the fact that it automatically provides you protection? The other constitutional amendments don't require that. You don't have to, for example, show a special need why you want to speak or a special need why your free exercise of religion is being burdened and you need to challenge this law. You just have to show that your speech is being restricted. That's a great point. It's a great decision. And so that's a great rationale. There's no other place in the Constitution that requires this special showing, and neither does the Second Amendment. Right. You know, in this case, two plaintiffs filed a lawsuit challenging this New York law after the Empire State rejected their concealed carry applications for insufficiently demonstrating a special need, as you stated, for a permit despite they'd already passed background checks for gun licenses for hunting and target practice. But again, they had to show a special need. Yeah. He wrote that the Second and Fourteenth Amendments protect an individual's right to carry a handgun for self-defense outside the home. The New York proper cause requirement violates the Constitution because it only allows public carry licenses when an applicant shows a special need for self-defense. It goes on to say the government will have to show that a gun regulation is consistent with the nation's historical tradition of firearms regulation. This test accords with how we protect other constitutional rights. Let me just pause on that sentence or those two sentences for a minute. Because what you saw this term is a return several times in different cases to the historical approach to the Constitution. You see it here, mm. that a gun regulation has to be consistent with the nation's historical 
tradition of firearms regulation. This test accords with how we protect other constitutional rights. Other constitutional rights that were protected this year, free speech, in our case of the Boston flag, also in the case of Coach Kennedy, free exercise of religion, in the case of the main vouchers, and that was involving your choice of private Christian schools, and in the Coach Kennedy case as well, praying on the 50-yard line of the football field. And also that case involved the Establishment Clause, and the court there also used the same word, historical. So you have to look at regulations under the Second Amendment according with the historical purpose and history of firearms regulations. With the right to bear arms here. Right. right. And then you have to look at the Establishment Clause consistent with the historical meaning and application of the Establishment mm -hmm. Clause. No longer these judge-made rules that really pervert and weaken the constitutional provisions. So this particular case, obviously it strikes down New York. It's going to have a direct impact on these other states, including the District of Columbia as well. Yeah, I was going to ask if like California, Hawaii, Maryland, New Jersey... Massachusetts and District of Columbia. Do you think it will strike those laws oh, down yeah, I as think well? I think they're gone. You know, whether they'll voluntarily repeal them or whether somebody's going to have to challenge those independently, those are gone. If they wait to have somebody challenge them, they're just going to be um, paying somebody's attorney's fees and costs. Mm, good point. This 63-page uh, majority opinion was exceptionally well written. It says the constitutional right to bear arms in public for self-defense is not a second-class right subject to an entirely different body of rules than the other Bill of Rights guarantees. We know of no other constitutional right that an individual may exercise only after demonstrating to the government officers some special need. It will also have an impact on other restrictions as well far outside this particular case. A great ruling, uh, five major cases at the United States Supreme Court, including the abortion decision. For more information, visit lc.org. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. The website again, lc.org. You can also call us at 407-875-1776. The website again, lc.org.